put my glasses on so I look more studious. You know, a few weeks ago on Sunday, um, y'all prayed for me and some other people who had big, important presentations to do uh, in the week to come. And, um, you know, I was working on my presentation for Raleigh B-Sides, which is a a computer security conference held in this area. Um, And what you didn't know, maybe, is that I had written a rather ambitious proposal about some work that I had done and some ideas I had. But I hadn't actually finished all of them, but I wrote in the proposal that I'd be presenting about them. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I, you know, I, I find myself in these kinds of situations from time to time. And, you know, I had written that one night when I, I just thought, well, let's just write this up, see if I could present. And, uh, and I felt like, you know, the Lord had inspired me, so I went ahead and submitted it. And... Um, they're supposed to reply within 48 hours to tell you that your abstract was accepted or not. And after a few days, I didn't hear anything, so I thought, well, I guess they already have enough good speakers. But, um, but um, then about three weeks later, so now it's about three weeks away from the, from the conference, um, they send me an email saying, congratulations, you've been, your proposal's been accepted. And... and uh, so now I'm like, uh-oh, now I have to actually finish all this and write it up and present. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that weekend I had plans. I was busy working on some other unexpected presentations. And then the weekend after that I was going to uh, a security conference in Kentucky. So that left me one weekend. And then the week of the conference to get it all done. Um, and so I, I was clearly very nervous about it. And, and um, But... You know what? God, God knew that that was going to happen, and it didn't surprise him at all. And um, wouldn't you know? The, you know, the night before, I finished the last topic, and I got the demo working and everything because that was what I was going to finish with. And and it all came together, and, and um, it worked out really well. There were there were lots of interest in the in the presentation, which was on ransomware attacks, and. Um, I met, and what's nervous about presenting at B-Sides is all your friends are there, right? All, of, all the people I know from work, from NC State where I used to work, they were all going to be there. <laughs> so um, I happened to run into one of them that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and uh, I mean, I just, you know, I said, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, are you still at State? And what are you doing, working on? And, and then after, um, and he said, hey, I see you're presenting, you know, I'll try and make it to your session. And um, another friend of mine uh, who didn't make it wrote me this email. Uh, Hi, Tim. I'm sorry I missed you at B-Sides. Um, Payment said you were, you were like a different person. He said you were smiling and happy. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And, um, <laughs> and so I, I, don't, I didn't realize that, that, that I had that effect on Payment. But um, when you, what he saw, I think, is something that God's been working on in me, and that was confidence. Um, you know, even in the midst of a traumatic and, and stressful situation, you know, we, we, I put my trust in the Lord and he gives us confidence. And um, so that's, that's what I wanted to share on today. Um, we're going to look at Psalm 23, um, which I believe is a, is a prayer, you know, for confidence. Um, because uh, this seems to be what one of the things that, that the Lord is working on in me. Um, 
you know, in this past year, I've ended up on the uh, agenda of a number of security conferences, <laughs> speaking about things that I never talked about before and that I might not have even ever seen someone talk about before. Um, and, you know, I've talked with the chief security officers of, of big companies, multi-billion dollar companies that, um, you know, and big banks that spend millions of dollars on information security. And I stand up there and think, what do I have to say to these people that they don't already know? <laughs> and, and yet, I know that God has allowed me to understand certain things because this is what I do. You know, I, I analyze um, computer attacks and I analyze network security all the time. And so that's what I talk about. I just say what I know and, and I ask the Lord to give me the words to, to say it. Um, and so um, I felt like every time that I get up and, and share that, you know, God was in it, that he was giving me that opportunity to speak and he was giving me the understanding to learn or analyze the subject that I was sharing on. And, um, you know, still I have insecurities about doing things like that, particularly when it involves, you know, presentations. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's some um, characters, not characters, there's some people in the Bible who have had similar uh, insecurities and the Lord you know, replace that with his confidence. And one is Moses. Um, if we look in Exodus uh, chapter 3, this is where God has spoken to Moses through the burning bush. And he's told him that he's going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, God said that he's heard the cries of the Israelites and he's seen how they're treated unjustly. And he's going to deliver them from the oppression of the Egyptians and return them to a land that's their own. And Moses, you know, here's this amazing plan, and he isn't sure he's going to be the leader. Um, Moses says to God, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, but God reassures him. He promises that he'll be with Moses. Moses doesn't realize what that means yet, what a difference that makes. And Moses tries to convince God that, you know, he's not able to be the leader right now. Um, so in, in um, Exodus 4, chapter, I mean, verse 1, we see, it says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. He said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran away from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand, catch it by the tail. And so he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff again in his hand. He says that they, may believe that, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you. You know, he was saying, you know, show them this sign. And then in verse 6, it says, again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he puts his hand inside his cloak. And when he takes it out, it's leprous, like snow. It's white, like it's diseased. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. And so he puts his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, behold, it's restored, like the rest of his body. And so he says, if they, God says, if they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the dry ground. 
And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. And then what's Moses' response? Moses still says, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then the Lord said to him, Who made man's mouth? Who made your mouth? You know, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with you, with your mouth, and teach you what you shall speak. <clears throat> but Moses still replies, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. And so I read this, and, and I'm like, I'm not the only one that's thought about that. Because um, <laughs> I certainly have, have considered, you know, is there anyone else God could send? You know, maybe somebody else can make this presentation. Um, but, you know, it says the Lord got angry with Moses. It says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. And take in your hand this staff and you, and with which you shall do the signs. And so after this, sure enough, Moses and Aaron, they go together. They go to the elders of Israel and they share what the Lord said and they do believe. Um, um, so, you know, the Lord gives Moses and Aaron confidence in the situation to stand up, be believable, and um, put their trust in the Lord. And I've understood that, you know, God wants us to do, th God wants to do things in other people through us. Well, that means we have to stand up and say it sometimes <laughs> and believe that the Lord will give you the words and the breath to say it. And so, you know, I'm trying to embrace this part of God's plan for me to, when I need to, have the confidence to speak um, the things that he's enabled me to understand and the things that he's told me. And a lot of times, like Moses, I had, you know, some excuses or reasons why I didn't want to go out and try that because, you know, I'd failed in the past or I'd been hurt when I tried before. Um, but <clears throat> what I have found is uh, I have to acknowledge that I'm not everything that God wants me to be, but that he is more than able to make up for my lack of capability. And um, eventually my desire to serve him finally overcomes my insecurity, and I go out and I try it, trusting in him that, you know, in those places where I can't do it, he carries me through. <clears throat> And God is the one that you know, closes that gap between who we are and who he wants us to be or who, he, who needs to be in that situation. He loves us and wants what's best for us. And uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, if God is for us, what can stand against us? God is able to work in all things, even our flaws, um, for, to work through us for, for, for those that love him. And so I, I've learned to not look at my abilities and my insecurities, but to focus on the Lord, because he's got the answer. He's our sufficiency 
He's the one that fills the gap. <laughs> Don't look at the gap, look at the Lord. He provides the answers. And so after you know my B-Sides presentation went well, and, and after I've done these presentations, I mean, I've talked to uh, a delegation from uh, a, a, a former Soviet Black country, uh, including their minister of defense and their their chief technology officer, and um, people from the U.S. State Department, and um, you know, I, like I say, I've spoken. Oh, this is one of the hardest things for me. Every Thursday, we have what he called threat calls, where I I talk for twenty minutes about current cybersecurity threats, and and these are our customers that I'm talking to. They have, you know. Chief security officers of banks, chief security officers of hospital networks and manufacturing companies, and and like I say, I, I after every one of them, you know, it's lunchtime, and I, I just I stop during lunch and I say, Lord, thank you for getting me through that and for giving me the words to say, um, because I know that I I don't have the words to do it. I I don't know how to. Um, to do it without believing that he can help me uh, in those places and in that in that time um, where that opportunity ar- arises, um, that he gives me the confidence to step out and, and do new things, things that I was afraid to do before. And so I, it's in those times that I put my trust in him. And like Psalm 23 says, I realize that he is my shepherd. Um, and so I want us to look at Psalm 23 um, this morning. Uh, it's a short psalm. It's, it's one that we often hear at funerals, but I don't believe that's why David wrote it, um, because there's a lot in it about <laughs> um, you know, the Lord being our shepherd, our protector, our provider, the one who gives us guidance, and um, the one who we can put our trust in when we're not sure what to do. You know, it's, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so right there in the first line, we haven't even gotten to the, the green pastures and the still waters. Um, it says, I shall not want. And in Hebrew, I'm told this means nothing will be missing. We will lack for nothing. Nothing will be missing. Nothing. You know, our God is the one that, that heals the broken hearts and men's broken lives. And his desire is that nothing will be missing. You know, and, and David starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal pronoun. You know, my indicates a, a one-to-one relationship. Um, and we look through this psalm and we see that there's other places where the word my is used. Uh, we have my, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. Um, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so you see here, there's God is a personal God. And he cares about us individually. The Lord is my shepherd. And that means he is the Lord, an all-powerful, all-loving, all-wise. And he is our shepherd in whom we can trust. He is our protector, 
our provider. He is the Lord, our redeemer. I mean, the word there is, is Yahweh, like we sang in the song this morning. Um, which means if he is the shepherd, then we are the sheep, right? Um, and so if we look at, uh, there's several places in the Bible, actually, it talks about sheep. And Jesus talked about, about his sheep in um, John chapter 10, uh, starting there in, in verse verse 2. Um, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now this figure of speech Jesus used with them, the disciples, But they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that... They may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. And so we see the attributes of Jesus' sheep. We could list some of them out. Um, it says, Jesus' sheep enter through him. He is the way. Jesus' sheep hear his voice. Jesus' sheep follow him. Jesus' sheep know his voice. We hear his voice and we know his voice. Jesus' sheep do not recognize the voice of a stranger. So I, I don't want to say we're like sheep, you know, dumb and defenseless. But when I have one of those red letter days, I call them, you know, the Lord comes through and I acknowledge that, you know, there's no way I can do it without him. It reminds me that God is the one who looks after our lives like a shepherd looks after his sheep. So continuing in the Psalm 23, we look at verse 2, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
And so when I have, you know, a really um, important presentation or, or some thing that I feel like the Lord wants me to do, but it kind of scares me, and the Lord, you know, comes through, it reminds me that God is still with me always and forever. God loves us too much, you know, to make things always easy. That seldom accomplishes his purposes. Um, however, Jesus, our shepherd, is in the business of leading and bringing us to a place of rest where we are, even in the midst of the problem. And that's the thing that I've, I've started to look for is often, you know, in these situations, you know, the demo doesn't work, we're running late, this or that is wrong, somebody's not here. Um, and God gives me peace on the inside. Things on the outside, you know, they're, they're still a mess. But the Lord works inside of us. Um, and that's, that's how he has worked in me to give me confidence in those situations. And that's how the Lord usually works. Is he works on the inside first. <clears throat> you know, the shepherd leads us to places of rest and provision. And I've read that after sheep graze on the grass and they're full, that's when they lie down. Um, Thus it says there in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, flocks that lie down on the grass are fully fed, their wants being completely supplied. You know, in Psalm 24, it says, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day. So that's where I want to be, is you know, in that place where God is and that, that place where I find rest. I don't want to be ahead of him. I don't want to be behind him. Um, I want to be where the Lord is, where the Lord is working. And you know, there's other places in the Bible that talk about shepherding. Um, and one is Ezekiel uh, 34. If you look at verse 11, it starts out, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountains heights of Israel shall be their grazing land there they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. And so this, this, is, this is what the shepherd does. He gathers the sheep when they've been scattered. He provides good pasture. And this is the way that I believe God wants to, make, to bless us, to make us whole and to um, be lacking in nothing. <clears throat> and... Um, you know, verse 2 talks about physical rest. And verse 3, uh, he restores my soul, uh, is about a spiritual rest, right? Um, 
the, the phrase there, he restores my soul, and literally means he causes my life to return. He brings it back. Um, you know, and guidance is one of the principal tasks of the shepherd, leading us to the, to the, to the best places, to the places where we need to, to go to, to have the things we need and to be safe from the threats out there. Um, and so verse 4 says, you know, there's the, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And literally the shadow of death is, refers, is, means the valley of, valley of shadow of death refers to the valley of darkness. Um, so it's like you're in a valley, it's, there's threats all around, you maybe can't see them. Oh, and it's dark too. Um, but even in that place, you know, David writes, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. The Lord is with us. So even in that place, um, <clears throat> we don't need to be afraid. Now, it may go without saying, um, but I think it's important to point out that uh, it, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we didn't stop and give up. We didn't run away. We, the only way out is through. <laughs> And, um, you know, the Lord has uh, met me uh, in a number of situations where I just wanted to give up because it was looking pretty dark. Um, some of you know that I agreed to teach a class uh, for a week at a security conference in Berlin or in June. And um, a lot of things didn't work out on that trip. <laughs> and um, I was actually going with somebody from work, and he kind of had a panic attack on the Saturday before we left because um, we weren't ready. And uh, we just discovered that <clears throat> the conference didn't start, or, or our teaching didn't start on Monday as we had thought. It started on Sunday. And we were going to arrive like two hours before we were supposed to show up and teach. And so that meant we would get no sleep. Um, no chance to rehearse or set up anything, just walk in and start. And, um, you know, Chris was saying to me, Chris is the guy I work with, he's saying, man, can we get out of this? Is there any way to get somebody else to go? And I'm like, I'm not ready to quit. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so we, we, we went on. Um, you know, I thought, I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was like, I'm not quitting. Um, so the only way out is through um, when we're in that place of, of darkness and, and we're feeling like we're going to fail. Um, and I wanted to point out that, you know, here um, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, um, I fear no evil for you are with me. There's a change from talking about the Lord and about the shepherd to the word me. You know, God, he's talking to God. You are with me. Um, and I think it's in those places that we get personal and we, we talk to God. And um, it's great that, you know, our God is, he listens. He's there. He's, he's with us. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, David speaks personally about, about this. So going on in verse uh, 4, it says, in Psalm 23, it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, the shepherd has a rod, or has a staff, which he uses as a rod to protect the sheep, but also as a staff to 
direct us away from harm and towards righteousness. And this is how, you know, we know God still cares. He's still saying, oh, don't go that way. There's a hole. You'll fall in and break your leg. Um, and he pulls us back and, and guides us to the, the, the path to righteousness for our, for our benefit. So this is, this is, you know, a comfort to us um, <clears throat> to show that, you know, he, he loves us. He, he directs us and guides us because he loves us. So, you know, verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Um, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And here, anointing, you know, with oil is a gesture of bestowing honor upon upon us. And the same with you know, the cup that's always full. You know, it's a it's a gesture of generosity. It's a sign of the the generosity of the Lord. You know, God has promised never to leave us. Never, ever. And his goodness and kindness always follows us. And that's actually the, the, the verb that's used here where it says, My mercy, goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's this notion of actively pursuing or chasing after. You know, God is just looking for ways to show kindness to us. He's just looking for it. And... As many times as it's happened to me, I never get used to it. You know, it's like it gets more all the time. I never get used to it. But I, I like the way that's phrased. You know, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, and David knew all about this. He had been chased and pursued by his enemies. He had run for his life. You know, Saul wanted to kill him at one point because he was David was more successful than Saul and, and more recognized. And so David knew what this was like, but he also knew something else. In all these things, he also was being pursued by the goodness and loving kindness of the Lord. And David knew that this would carry on all the days of his life. You know, what confidence that should give us You know, in, in Genesis twenty-eight fifteen, it says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then ending up in the last verse of Psalm 23, it says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, if we look again at uh, John 10, which we looked at earlier about the sheep, it's, Jesus also said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. So the, the psalm ends with the word forever. Forever is a long time. But I believe an infinitely creative God will continue to amaze us, even in forever. So now let us follow the Lord wherever he leads us and stick close to him and thank him for his wonderful grace. You know, he is our shepherd, a great shepherd, the greatest shepherd. And he is completely trustworthy. You know, the, the scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived 
what God has prepared for those who love him. And so this is why I have confidence um, in those stressful and, and somewhat scary situations um, that I put my trust in the Lord, that, that he will help me to overcome the giants, <laughs> big and small. And in doing so, he gets the glory. You know, God is the one who enables me to do these things. He is the one that makes the change. You know, my, my friend was saying how I seem like a different person. That's because I had confidence. I believed that, that God was with me. He's the one that makes the difference. You know, our God is the only one that heals the brokenhearted, who makes us complete and lacking in nothing. And God wants us to be a people that are confident, that are overcoming the world and taking on the giants. You know, as God heals us, the brokenhearted, overcoming fears big and small. And so I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I, I study, I work now as an in information security. And uh, when I'm at work, I see how uh, computer systems continue to fail to protect us, <laughs> fail to uh, protect our privacy, our safety, our data. And the more I look at that, the more I think, why would I put my trust in anything but the Lord? He is the one that's our security. <laughs> he is the one that does not fail us. Um, and so that's my message today. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, help us to overcome insecurity. May it not hold us back from serving you, but may our, may our desire to serve you overcome it. For, Lord, you are for us. Your plans for us are to prosper us, to keep us, to protect us from harm, and to make us whole. And, God, that is your plan for us. You are the God who makes a way where we don't see any way. You are a way-making God who goes before us and who is our rear guard. And, Lord, if you are for us, then what can stand against us? We ask you to embed these things in our heart, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.